thank you for this gathering today. We thank you for all the saints here and those that, that aren't with us, that you, uh, you would be with them to bless them, to prosper them, to protect them in all their way. And Father, we just ask you to bless all the ministry today, uh, the ministry of your word, that your word... Uh, that it's, it is blessed in its giving, it's blessed in its hearing, and it is received into the hearts and minds of each and every one of us here, that it will do a work and accomplish everything you desire for it to do. All to your glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, well, speaking of my sweetheart, she couldn't make it today. She came down with a sore throat last night, of all things, and she didn't have a fever this morning. And so, but anyway, I laid hands, I prayed over her, and she's getting rest today. And uh, so we've been teaching uh, out of the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke, and uh, I'm going to wait till she returns again before we teach, and I just, I just wanted to take opportunity, um, while the entire wor world is panicking, uh, living in fear, responding to, just acting out of fear. In, on a mass scale worldwide, and, and so much of it, I believe, is, is being propagated by the news media. Uh, yeah, we take precaution. We have flu season every year. That's still going on. Uh, in fact, Ryan, you have the microphone. Why don't you just share those figures? You were probably going to do that, but just on flu alone, these are the figures. Well, and these, this certainly isn't. Uh, we live in victory. Amen. amen. Can I get an amen? We live in victory. Just the, I just shared some numbers uh, yesterday with my dad and some family that the, the flu season that's going on right now that no one's talking about, amen, uh, since the first of the year, which is two and a half months, there have been 36 million cases of the flu. 370,000 of those cases, those people have been hospitalized. And there's been 22,000 deaths. Um, but they put a big word and big name out there called coronavirus. There's 150,000 people that have had that, less than 4%. I mean... God forbid that anyone should pass away or die from any either of these at any reason whatsoever. But um, the idea that everyone is completely going hysterical is, um, uh, I think it's just a bit overboard. And, uh, and I'm not making light of anyone that's been affected by that or loved ones that have been affected by that. Um, and, and I'm nothing like that. But uh, uh, crazy numbers. We're not talking about the flu and how many people that's killed. We're talking about coronavirus and now there's no toilet paper for anybody. <laughs> well, you see how people are panicking and just the basic necessities, right? Water, toilet paper, paper towels. And yeah, those are the things we need. But people lined up by the hundreds in front of Costco's all over the place, right? People getting in fistfights and pushing and shoving. And, you know, uh, and this isn't even a, I mean, there's a lot of things that could happen to really create a, a real crisis. And, and so I think it's a wake-up call. There is... I think it's always smart to prepare. It's wisdom. It's prudence. You know, the Bible tells us that. Ryan, I just wanted to say one other thing. Um, when we see something like this, this is, gonna, this is a small scale compared to what the Antichrist will try to accomplish and, for that matter, will accomplish. You see how you can control an entire population, billions of people, just through fear. How easy will it be for the people to give him power? And this is just an example of it. And we're approaching those days, and it's just crazy. Amen. Darby. I was speaking with my daughter in Montana, and it's the same up there. I was curious, you know, are you guys, are your shelves empty in the stores? And she says, oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I thought, wow, even up in Montana, 
Well, anyway, she's um, of a different generation than I am, obviously, and really on social media and a lot on the internet. Anyway, she was telling me some stuff that a lot of it was just convoluted to me. But basically, what I took away from it was that the underlying fear is that there will be a mandatory quarantine nationwide for anywhere from two weeks to a month. And that's what a lot of people are preparing for, is a mandatory shutdown. So that's what she said. So I went, oh, OK, well, that kind of puts it in a little bit different perspective, too. But um, anyway, but yeah. we got everything that we needed. Not that we were out there hustling for it, because we weren't. But um, and we were in line with a bunch of Christians around us, so we were having a great old time <laughs> in yeah. the store. Yeah. So yeah, it's just your well, attitude, I think. And the news media is so powerful today. I'm just going to say, and there's a lot of untruth in the news media. Okay, we know that. And they propagate this. I mean, they'll they'll get up there and they just talk about the worst case scenario. This could happen. This might happen. It's not factual. It hasn't happened yet. But when you have people already running scared, now you begin to magnify that. Yeah, what could, well, what could happen beyond that? They're going to quarantine us for two months, a month, and two months. And, right? I mean, you, you could just go on and on and on. You, are we all going to quit living? I mean, what are we going to do, you know? And, you know, so far, I mean, yeah, there's, you know, they're still trying to find out the root cause, and we know it came from China and so forth, and they're trying to come up and make vaccines and that sort of thing. Because, because we don't have a handle on that, let's look at the other thing. Yeah, elderly people and people that are real weak have a weak state of some kind, uh, you know, in their respiratory system, or maybe they're on life support, and people like that are weak. And the flu, they could, they could contract the flu and get sick and die, right? Uh, but people that are, you know, middle age, even up to, you know, later age, and especially younger people, you know, they're, you know, they're getting a, a fever and a sore throat or, you know, a little cough or whatever, and then, you know, for the biggest part, they're all getting over it, and not everybody is dying. So, uh, I just want to say one more thing and add to that. This, because what he said is they're putting out worst case scenario, fear this, fear that. Um, I saw a CBS article a couple of weeks ago that got no attention because they don't want to. Th this is a strand of the flu, essentially, and it's like 80 or 90 percent of the whole world has already had this at some point in their life and just not known that it was the, this particular strand of the flu. It's crazy how that's, you know, to calm everybody down, we should say, hey, guys, let's calm down. We've all probably had this before, but instead they go worst case scenario, doomsday, and now there's no toilet paper in the stores. <laughs> Just to piggyback on what he said about that, uh, my, my daughter told me this, I think I was talking to her yesterday. Uh, we're, we're thinking that coronavirus is new. He said a strand. If you look on the Lysol can, that's one of the things that it covers. Yeah. If you have like it's been around, it's a different strand, if you will. So, you know, get some Lysol if you want. Yeah. But I mean, but it's not, if you in other words, it's not new, new. It's the same as the flu, you know, Hong Kong flu, they had all these different strands of flu, right? In watching the news all week and everything and all the fear and all the stuff going on, I don't sing around my house. 
even though I'm a, I've sung in the past, but I don't sing around my life. But there's a song that, that came to mind, and it, it just had such a uh, an impact for what we're going through right today. And it was it was first I'd heard about it was in the 50s and 60s. Jack Holcomb sang the song, and uh, it was a simple it's a simple song, just two choruses or two verses. But for some reason, I just felt if I could sing that just a cappella and just put the words. And you know I don't like singing, you know I don't like singing solos and whatever, but for some We'd reason. We'd love to have you sing that. Yeah. So, it's called In Times Like These. In times like these, <clears throat> you need a savior. In times like these, you need an anchor, be very sure, be very sure that your anchor holds and it grips the solid rock. This rock is Jesus, yes, he's the one. This rock is Jesus, the only one. Oh, be very sure, be very sure that your anchor holds and it grips the solid rock. And second verses, in times like these, I have a Savior. In times like these, I have an anchor. Oh, be very sure, oh yes, be very sure. My anchor holds and it grips the solid rock. This rock is Jesus, yes, he's the one. This rock is Jesus, the only one. Be very sure, oh, be very sure that your anchor holds and it grips that solid rock. <laughs> Thank you, Wendell. That was awesome. Thank you, Wendell. Okay, Ernie, you got to follow that, brother. You got to sing. Yeah, you guys. Wendell sits in the back, but he holds the microphone like a singer. I like that. Yes. Well, you heard it from the back row. How about turning your television to something else other than the news media? Because they're the ones that are inciting all this riot. I mean, you wouldn't know that there was lines at Costco if, if the media didn't tell you. Do you need to know that? Now, the number one element is fear, and it comes back to your faith. And faith, basically, the bottom line of faith is, do you trust God, yes or no? If your trust is in God, don't worry about anything, just go ahead and live your life. If you're not trusting God, I feel sorry for you. Anyway, God bless. Amen. All right. Well, so I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to teach on some scripture verses. What do we do as believers? How do we respond to these things? How do we react, right? Now, the world who doesn't know Jesus, and if they, are not, if they don't know the gospel and they don't have these scriptures, what do they have to hold on to, right? Yeah. They don't have a, you know, and they don't have a rock window. And amen, we need to hold on to the rock, and the rock is Jesus, right? Amen. He's our faith. He's our strength. He's our provision. He's our protection. He's our everything. Right? And, you know, the Bible is 
filled with his promises that apply to everyday living. And we're going to read through some of these scripture verses today. And God has given us these scripture verses for our comfort, for our strengthening, for our encouragement. And I'm going to begin in uh, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1 and verse 7. And it reads, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And, you know, just as we believe in Jesus, just as we believe him to be the Son of God, just as we believed in him, the gospel message to be true, he rose from the, de from the grave, defeated the power of death, he won and secured victory for all of us. That's what he did it for. And every blessing and every promise of God is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. He is the one that has provided it through, his, through, his, through the cross, through his suffering, death, and resurrection. He came to restore all these things we see going on. You know, there wasn't flu in the garden. There wasn't sickness in the garden. There wasn't death in the garden, pain or suffering. It's all a result of the sin of Adam and Eve. And that's why Jesus had to return. That's why he came into this life, into this world, so he could, re he could restore what was lost for us. Well, he did that. He restored it completely over 2,000 years ago. And the gift is presented. Everyone has been invited. Everyone has been invited to receive this gift, this gift of life, this gift of redemption, to become a new person in him, to reverse all of the effects of what took place in the garden. Now, we still fleshly, we're still living in this world. It's a, still a falling world, and that's why we see the likes of what we're seeing, and that's why we see disease and illness and sickness and so forth. So what does God's Word say about it? And are we going to believe the report of the world, or are we going to believe what God's Word has to say? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. What power? Our own power? No. His power? Yes. He lives inside of us. We have the same power that was in Christ Jesus and caused him to be raised from the dead. That's the raising from the dead power we have living in us, right? It's the same power by which Jesus performed his miracles and healings and rebuked demons and the enemies at work. You know, and I just want to say again, so often you talk to people and, oh, God's trying to teach you something. God's trying to get people's attention. And then these renowned, renowned pastors and so forth, and, you know, they've been doing it for a long time. And, yeah, you know, God's just trying to wake people up. Well, that's not the truth. There's going to be a time of tribulation in this world. There's going to be a time of judgment in this world. And it's not right now. It's getting close. And I believe the church is going to be raptured out of here before that happens. And it's not going to be a pretty sight, and we're getting close to that. But we're living in a period of grace. I mean, how can you teach that the, our sins are now, because of what Jesus did at the cross, are as far removed as the east is from the west? And, and you know, God's not imputing our sin. It was imputed in Christ. And so if God brought judgment upon us in this time of grace, in this time of, right, then... He, then he would be calling Jesus a liar. He would be denying the power of his sacrifice. Right? But he did it, and we believe it to be true. So as we believe the gospel, and we, guess what? We hung our salvation on that. Yeah, Jesus, man, that's good news. I want to come alive. I want to be renewed. I want to be made a new person in you. I want to have access to your power and to your love, and I want to have a sound mind. 
And he means it for all time, not just when things are good and there's not a crisis going on around us. These should apply in all time. Right now, this, this should apply. And so we need to read the word. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God and God's promises. Yeah, I believe that to be true, and that's what I'm going to expect. I'm not going to expect what the world's report is, right? So I'm going to take you to a, a very, uh, one of our favorite psalms in the Bible when it talks about protection, Psalm 91, Amen. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You know, the secret place of the Most High is just to be in oneness with Him. And we have no greater oneness that they never had the ability to have the oneness that we have because we have God living on the inside of, in the inside of us. We can fellowship with Him. We can worship Him. We can cast all our cares, tell him of our problems and our worries and our concerns, and he speaks to us and he comforts us. Now that's the secret place of the Most High. It's the oneness of the Father and the Son now living in us and our spirit being one with them. And he is always, the Lord is always with us. The Lord is always comforting us. The Lord is always working to make that provision even before we recognize we have a provision and before we even ask for it. He already knows. He already has it secured Remember when he sent Elijah and went to the brook Cherith and he said, hey, when you get there, there's going to be food provided. And Ernie, you brought it up last week. How could even the ravens, God would use the ravens to feed his own. And he used a raven to bring fresh meat to Elijah, right, as a provision for him. Don't worry about what you're going to need. I'm going to take care of all your needs, right? And there was water there and eventually it dried up. And, but eventually his mate, he made his, made his way to the widow and her and her son, and she was like, hey, I'd love to serve you, but <laughs> man, I have just enough flour and enough oil and enough water just to make one last cake, and then we're going to die. Well, no, that's not God's plan. And it just lasted, I don't know, up to six months or a long period of time, right? It lasted. Well, that's the God we serve. Man, we got to have to look at the miracles in, in the Gospels and when Jesus could just take a few fish and a few loaves of bread and feed 5,000 men, it says, and there's where, how many women and children were along with those men, you know? Was it fifteen or 20,000? And then it required 12 baskets to pick up the leftovers. That, can you imagine that? And then there was a time right shortly after that and all these people following Jesus and it was getting late and he speaks of we're going to feed him again and they're like, well... Gosh, you want me to run to the store? <laughs> hey, what just happened? We just fed 5,000 people. You know, it's like a hardness of heart. A hardness of heart is just to be, just not to, not to really believe God's word at face value, not to just really believe it to be true or to question it or, you know, like we need proof, right? God, give me some kind of a sign. Hey, I gave you my word. My word's so powerful, I created the heavens and the earth by speaking it out, Right? Verse 2, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and he is my fortress. How many of us do we live our lives that way regarding him as being our refuge and our fortress? Or is it our homes and our bank accounts and whatever we've done to try and provide and protect for our own being, right? And that's wisdom and prudence to do that. But in the end, are we really truly relying on the Lord to keep us safe, to keep us protected? My God, in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. 
who's the fowler? The fowler's the enemy. He's the one, he's the trapper, the bait layer. It's the devil, right? What does he do? He tries to lay traps before us, right? But God is saying here, surely I will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Isn't this a form of a perilous pestilence? Right? He shall cover you with his feathers. We're protected. Man, he's got his protection all around us, everywhere we can look, front, back, to the side, up, down. We're safe. And under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. What is this truth? Now we know what truth is. Truth is Christ. Jesus is truth. The gospel is truth. We have the victory. He secured the victory. He defeated you know, we define who the enemy is. It's Satan. It's the powers of darkness that tempted Adam and Eve to fall, to disobey God in the garden. And they've been actively doing the same thing ever since. But Jesus put a stop to it 2,000 years ago. It's finished, he said. It's complete. The victory was won. It was secured. So what do we do? Nothing different than we did from day one. We just continue to trust. We continue to believe in his protection, in his provision, in everything we, we shall have need of. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. That's powerful, right? This is, this is powerful here. Do we just believe it to be true? See, we need to, to be, not just believe it to be true, but to actually live and act with a boldness and with a confidence that it's true. A security, an inward security, knowing that, man, I am safe, I am protected, and I don't care what goes on, because this is what God's word says about it when we're trusting in him. Only with your eyes shall you, shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, because we have made Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, you could say, right? And we are trusting in Him. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Nor shall, nor shall the coronavirus come to your home, to your doorstep, to inside your dwelling, to your household, to your children, to your grandchildren, to your parents, whomever that would be. Amen? And we should be just praising the Lord every day for that protection. Right? As though we already escaped it and it hasn't come upon us. And, but God, you are faithful. Thank you that we are safe. Thank you that we don't have to worry. They may have ran out you know, water and toilet paper and paper towels in the store, but somehow you're going to provide, Amen. right? Amen. He can multiply your toilet paper. God can do anything, right? And it sounds funny, but right? This is powerful. Verse 11, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways how many of you know we have angels that are around us all the time and I like to pray you know I don't know how many I know there's there's lots and lots of angels around me and every time 
Cynthia and I, we get on the road, we always like, we just pray heads of protection. We like legions of angels, man. You're just like out on the hillsides and in front and then see them in the rear view mirror. Right? Because this is what we have. Remember when the Syrian army was going to come against Israel and they were camped on the other side of the mountain that night and Elijah was so confident and Elisha, he's just like, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And he's like, just look up. And he said, there's chariots, uncountable chariots of all around, you know, all around us, and we're protected by them. We have chariots all around us, angels, chariots, right? The war we, the war we, we face, and, you know, in Ephesians 6, it's, it's a spiritual war. It's not a war of flesh and blood. It's a, it's a spiritual war. It's a spiritual battle that goes on. It needs to be fought in the spirit. How better to do it than by the spirit of God? And what did Jesus do? He used to, he quoted when he came out of him, he was in the garden and he fasted for, or not, and he was in the wilderness and he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and he came out. Immediately the devil just hit up on him. The devil was trying to trip him up. He was hungry. Man, if you be the son of God, just command those stones there to turn into bread. You can do that. If he would have done that, he would have surrendered his authority. Guess what? Guess who would have been in charge of everything? It would have been Satan. That's what he did to Adam and Eve. And he, we were just given, you know, God just made them and said, I make you, we make you in our image and likeness. And here's all the animals and everything I've created. And these are all for your good pleasure. And by the way, you're in charge. I give you dominion over all the birds of the sky, the fishes of the sea, the animals on the land. And so when Adam and Eve disobeyed, they just, they laroled that authority to Satan. Now the earth is his roaming place, Right. But you know, when Jesus was buried in that tomb, when he first went there, I believe he went down and got the keys to the kingdom. He took that authority. He won it back. And he says, These, this is for my people, the authority I gave. You stole it, devil. But I'm going to rightly secure it again because I've paid the debt. See, the devil thought he, he had God. He caused man to sin. He, wanted to, he just wanted to just decimate God's plan and separate man from him so, God, so man could not enjoy this wonderful relationship and just total freedom. And without any, without any coronavirus, without any sickness, without any hatred, without any the things we see in the world today. See, this isn't God's world. You know, God gets blamed for all this bad stuff that happens. The biggest misunderstanding in the church today is God's trying to teach me something. God's punishing me for something. And then they quote something out of the Old Testament when we had the law. And God didn't impute all sin. It was an occasion here and there where he did. But that was a different covenant. And that wasn't the true nature and the true heart of God. The true nature and the true heart of God was displayed in his son Jesus Christ when he came into this world. And he revealed the love of God. He didn't go around condemning people. He went around lifting people up from being crippled for 38 years, sitting by the water pool, and nobody would take that man in. And just people suffering from the woman with the issue of blood, if I can just touch his, the, the, the hem of his garment. What faith? That's what, that's what healed her. It was her faith. It's the faith that unleashes the power of God, unleashes the power of God's promises, Right? Speaking in verse 12, in there, speaking of the angels, in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent, you shall trample underfoot. Who's the lion and the cobra? 
In this case, it's not the lion of the tribe of Judah, man. We just rejoice in him. This is the lion and the cobra. We're talking about powers of evil that come against us. The young lion and the serpent, the devil, the powers of spiritual darkness that come against us. We shall trample underfoot. That's what Jesus secured that victory for us 2,000 years ago. We need to know we walk in that victory. And I don't care how fierce the battle, how fierce the fight. We need to know we are the head and not the tail. He is the tail. And we, should, we, we always need to keep the positioning in our mind to know that we are the victors in Christ. Amen. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. Praise God. Because we have set our love upon Jesus, he will deliver us. Because we have believed that gospel message to be true. Amen. Because of that, he will, he will set us on high because we have known his name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be... And this is you, all of you. You shall call upon him and he will answer you. you will, he will be with you in trouble. He will deliver you and honor you with long life. He will satisfy you and he will show you his salvation. Amen? Man, that's his promise. That's his word. That's who, that's who we are in Christ. Amen? And we just need to be strong. Uh, I know we've got family members and friends, and people are panicking. I get, I've gotten some calls, you know, hey, Jeff, what do you think, you know, what's going on? Okay, well, here I'll, here I'll tell you what's, what I think, you know. And we are getting closer to that time, and Jesus is coming soon, and the world just, just gets nuttier every day, <laughs> right? But we're going to just stand firm because our security is in him. Amen. He loves us. He loves us so much. Um, I'm just going to take you to Psalm 23, another favorite. The Lord, the shepherd, shepherd of his people. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I, I, we're not lacking anything, right? We're not lacking toilet paper, paper towels, water. I mean, he will provide. Always he will provide, right? And he does it through other people. You know, we may have friends and other people that are like, you know what, out in my garage I got like 10 cases of water and I got 15 cases of toilet paper. And come on by, I'll help you out. And that, you know what, this is a time, as it should always be, but when, you know, we just... We love one another. We, if we have to give and somebody's without, let's, let's give, let's share. That's when God reproduces what the quantity is, I believe, is when we're giving and when we're sharing and because we're trusting in him when we do so, right? And, man, that's, that's the Lord's way. That's, that's a beautiful way, right? He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Green pastures are full of life, right? He didn't say like dead weeds and tumbleweeds and the barren desert, right? He lays me to, he makes me to lie down in a barren desert amidst the tumbleweeds. He makes me to lie down. No, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. 
He leads me beside the still waters. I like the still water because the still waters are peaceful, tranquil, right? They're not disruptive, right? They don't create stress. They're comforting, right? He restores my soul. What has he done? What did Jesus do for, at the, for us at the cross? Our, stores, our souls have been restored, folks. Praise be to God. Thank you, Jesus. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. Isn't that what he did this for? For his name's sake? Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Are we all convinced that he lives inside of us and he is always with us and he will never leave us nor forsake us? Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. We're in a good place when God prepares a table for us in front of our enemies, right? You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Man, we're anointed with the Spirit of God, right? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. God's goodness, his kindness, his love, his mercy. And his mercy is, you know, it can be twofold. You know, he's held back what truly was deserving to us. Our punishment went upon Jesus. But that, that word, that word mercy really means loving kindness, favor, we have, we have God's loving kindness and favor upon us all the time. Even when we fall short, God's not looking at that. He already knows we're a work in progress. He already knows we've been sanctified by believing the gospel to be true and His Spirit's been joined together with us. Praise God, we're on our way to be perfect. All the Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is just a temporary passing through right here. I mean, if you, if you leave, if you, if we live to be a hundred years old, that's not even a drop in the bucket. It really isn't. And uh, so we just, we always, we have to put it into perspective. Why did he have to come? What did he go through? I mean, look at the state of the world. He, I mean, if he didn't go through that, we'd have no hope. And he went through it, and he secured the victory. We're still living in this fallen system, this fallen world, but guess what? He's called us to be a light. He's called us to be a testimony. You know, and as these things come about, we need to be safe. We need to be secure in our faith and our trust and our hope in Christ. But no better time to give an answer to people around us, family, friends, people searching, People taking it serious. Wow, there's something going on. You know, Jesus did say in the last days there are going to be signs and wonders, right? There's going to be things happening. And even creation, there's a stirring of creation because creation was fallen. It speaks about that in Romans. You know, so these are the things we're seeing. God's not the author of it. John chapter 10, verse 10. It's the enemy. It's the devil. He's the one that comes only only but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus says in his next statement, he says, but I have come to give life and to give life abundantly. Man, I'm going to look for the abundant life Jesus came to give. I'm going to rebuke the works of the enemy. I'm going to just take them as lies. The coronavirus is a lie. 
Let's rebuke it. Speak to it. Coronavirus, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You are a liar. And you just get away and you can't even come close to my dwelling. I just read about it. God promised it right here. Man, who we are in Jesus is, it's awesome. It's awesome. Our, 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 our state of being in our relationship with God our Father and with Jesus, what he's done for us. So I love what you're saying. Thanks for singing it, Window, because you know what? We're going to hang on to that rock, that anchor. And that anchor, is it's, it's, it's connected to the rock, and that rock's unmovable and unshakable, and that rock is Jesus Christ in which we stand. Amen? Amen. God bless you, folks.